Hello, my name is Marvin Hemeyer. Today is, uh, let's see here, April 13, 2004. I am making this tape. I thought I should make it a year ago. Made part of it. Didn't like it. Really didn't think it'd make any difference if I did make it, but a good friend of mine said I should make it. He said I should sit down in front of a videotape machine and do it, but you're just going to have to take my word. This is Marv Hemeyer, serial number 503-689-471. And uh, it, I'm living in Grand Lake, Colorado. And this tape is about my life since I came up here to Grand Lake in 1991. I moved up here in the fall of 1991 to kind of take a six-month vacation. I want to say right now, if I would have been married, had family, you know, things may have gone different. But God built me for this job. He rewarded me for 45, 50 years with the lifestyle that I am so thankful for. And, and it's unfortunate, the poor people in Granby, so many of them were so jealous of my lifestyle that I could come and go as I pleased. Well, God blessed me in advance for the task that I am about to undertake. So now, I believe that I have to leave this world with a debt so great to you it can never be repaid until the eternal, until the final judgment. We'll see once what that cost is. Will it be too great? You know, maybe. But there's got to be some good come of this. And at this point, there is no good. I am here short of what I deserved. All I ever wanted was what I deserved. You denied me of that. You are there thinking you have gotten away with destroying a person, an outsider, and you have gotten your way. And that's wrong. That was man's will. It was not God's will. It was with your input. So now this, true, it is with my input also that I come back at you. But you gave me license to come back at you. You taught me how to act towards your neighbor. And that's how I'm going to do it. You will learn this lesson, that that is not the way to do it. I am going to sacrifice my life, my future, to show you, my, my miserable future that you gave me, to show you that what you did was wrong. I know the newspaper guy, he'd never admit it. That guy is told so many lies. That's one thing about lying. You tell a lie, usually you got to tell five more to cover that up. And then you got to tell five lies for each one of those five to cover those five up. And it just escalates. And pretty soon, all you're doing is lying. And you always... You know, you get caught in a lie, and how you do, you, you tell ten more lies, and you, you bullshit your way out of it. I never used to do that. I never could do that. I didn't want to do that. If I was honest with people, straightforward, they knew where I stood. The deal was over with. It was done. The thing about, the bad thing about being honest, the straightforward and doing that is, 
people know where you stand and they take try to take advantage of you. They take advantage of your good nature. They take advantage of the fact that they know that you're a good guy, you are a straight shooter, and that you're not going to retaliate on them when they fuck you. Well, folks, most of the time I believe that's probably true. But God built me to be here to prove to you that what you have been doing for God knows how many years is wrong. You picked on the wrong man. I'm not tough. I'm not that strong. What I'm going to do is above me. And God gave me that peace years ago, two, three years ago, in that hot tub, that I had to do this, that I could not do it without God's help, that it was His strength that would spur me on at, at 51 and 52 years old to get this job done, to do something to those who kept me now from getting that, to, from getting what I deserved. Well, I, I will get what I deserve in trying to make this justice, to get this, uh, make this all right, I will get what I deserve. But I'm not afraid of death. That was another thing, a movie I watched said, you know, there's a lot of things that will gnaw a man's uh, heart and soul a lot worse than death. And, you know, this will gnaw at me for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to live with it. I may die with it, but I will not live with it. I lost $57,000 in the mid-80s over at Taponis. On a on a land scam that this uh, realtor um, devised a, a scheme where he would uh, have wraparound mortgages and uh, a corporation would sell these lots and after so many years they would go bankrupt and we as purchasers would have paid the county commissioner of Route County, his name was Visitainer, so many thousands of dollars. He'd have made thousands of dollars of in real estate commissions, and uh, everybody would come out of it winning except the owners of the land. And when we finally lost everything, there was 12 of us, I believe, in the, in the group that still owned land there, of the over 100 lots that had been sold over that 8-year period or 10-year period, uh, most of the people had uh, given up on their dreams to have that 40-acre parcel there, and they let the property be foreclosed on earlier. We we were naive enough to believe that they finally the economy would turn around and everything would get going. We didn't realize it was a legal scam. And uh, there, was, there was 12 of us. We went and met with Franscona and uh, uh, the attorneys in Boulder, we spent a day with this guy, paid him $1,500 to have this meeting, and he told us that there was nothing that he could do because of uh, the way it was set up. It was legal what they did, and it was called a forfeiture of equity, and the court frowned on that. But if we went to court, it cost us $30,000, and we'd still lose. Well, I walked away from that deal. There were two of the people, I believe, were close enough to having their lots paid off. 
that they paid them off and they got their 40 lots, 40 acres. But the rest of us weren't well healed enough to do that. So I walked away from that. It was $57,000 loss. And uh, we were, I wrote it off on my taxes, and I probably got, I don't know, $15,000, $18,000 back where I didn't, I didn't have to pay taxes anyway. Uh, but it was wrong. I've had, I had a partner, uh, the first partner I had in the muffler business. Um, he cost me well over $10,000. The first franchise I bought went bankrupt within four months after me giving him their franchise fee. That was a $10,000 loss. Um, the real estate that I bought, the, the apartment complex, I, broke, I owned that damn thing for two and a half years. Three years, I can't remember. Believed the, this realtor who went to this Christian Reformed church that I was attending. You know, I trusted this man. Wrong, Marv. Wrong. Never trust man at all. Trust God and trust yourself. But don't trust another man. Or don't. Just, just don't. I had to learn this the hard way. You know, I broke even on that apartment. I actually, I think I probably lost money, but I believe, I want to tell myself I broke even. That way I don't feel bad about it. But if, if I would have the, the money that I have lost, you know, I'd be a multi-multi-millionaire. I don't understand it. I guess I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a dumb, I'm a dumb person. I know that I'm a dumb person. I'm not as witty as some. I'm not as sharp as some. I don't know that that's the backbone of America, though. You know, I don't know what the backbone of America is anymore. Anyway, I have been screwed a lot of times, and I walked away from it. And I said, I don't need it. Just like this guy in Boulder. The man quit paying me last November. Walked away from a $130,000 note. The IRS confiscated his house. They wanted to take the business, but fortunately I had the Secretary of uh, UCC filing with the Secretary of State. They, they didn't get the equipment. So what do I have to do? I sell everything for a $25,000 bid. That was the bid I got. A good family is going to get the business. They're, it's going to enhance their future. I'm happy to do it. I sell it to him for the $25,000. If I take that off the $130,000 that the guy still owed me, this Doug Davis still owed me, he owes me $105,000. I'm walking away from it. I'm not going to chase him down. I'm not going to go find his dad and, and shoot him. I'm not going to shoot Doug Davis. I'm not going to shoot his kids. I'd like to. I guess if the opportunity put itself in front of me in the next uh, 60 days, 50 days, whatever it is, I might do it. I do have the wherewithal to do that. But I don't think that's going to happen. If I had the money that I've lost, yeah, I'd be a very wealthy man. But that's the problem. Is it because I have a good nature? Or is it because I'm a coward that I don't chase these people? What is it? I'm not really sure. I bent over backwards to help this guy down there in Boulder make it. I, he had it for seven years. How can you fail after seven years? 
I'll tell you how you can fail. Drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, an oversized ego. I don't know. There's many different ways. That's why this guy failed. He stole some of my equipment. He owes people money down there. He left the place a filthy mess. That evil will be returned to him. If it already hasn't, the guy has had a pretty miserable life. Like, but getting back to me, I, on the other hand, I have had a perfect life up until 1999 when I found out what the Thompsons had done to me in 92. And I am not going to take it. And I have to use the resources that I have, the wherewithal that I have, the, the ability that I have, the knowledge that I have to make this right. I am not walking away from it. Maybe I'm being a coward by doing what I'm doing. Because without a doubt, I'm doing what you have done. I'm, I'm lying. I'm conspiring. I'm keeping things secret. And it's going to happen. And I believe that is a coward. You were cowards in the way that you dealt with me. The, the, the ten years that I was in Granby. You people were cowards. That you could come to me and say, Marv, we want you out of this town. We hate you. We hate the FDIC. We hate what you, how you benefited from the FDIC's actions and our misfortune and our stupidity. But none of you had the guts to do that. You had to. You had to take me on and mass. Well, I'm going to take you on by myself. It's the only way I know how to do it. I'll be dead when it's over. But that's my conviction. And for the people that are out there that hear this, that can stand listening to it, please pray for me. Pray for my soul. I believe that that I'm doing the right thing. I don't think God would have let me get this far if it was the wrong thing. I don't think God would have given me the successful life that I had. I call it successful. I think I was a very poor person most of my life. But I, I, for, for who I was and the, where I, what I was, I think I was a very rich man. And I'm thankful to God for giving me that life and giving me what I had. I mean, without a doubt, I made sacrifices. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have family. But God built me that way for a reason. And, and we're here today. And I'm going to carry that cross. I'm going to fulfill the reason he built me. All right, I'm going to stop again. Okay, I'm back. It's 1027 on the 13th of April in the evening. Um, I hope that the people of Granby learn 
that the, the way you punished me over the years that I was down there, and how you punished me, for the most part, turned me into a desperate man. And desperate men do desperate things to recover a lot of times. And just for an example, I want to use nature as an example here. In nature, wolves and coyotes and, you know, all the aggressive animals, they have their territory. They have their mates. And in nature, even an animal will fight to protect, so I should say some, some of them, some of them are, you know, uh, what do they call them, uh, deadbeat dads, but, you know, a mother, uh, just look at the mother, she will fight to protect her young, and she will protect her territory, and a male, a male will definitely protect his territory. If he doesn't, he'll be overrun. If an animal will do this, why wouldn't a man? Now, did my buying that property make you desperate? It shouldn't have. My buying that property should have had no influence on you whatsoever. You should have realized it for what it was and moved on. But it did make you mal malicious and hateful. And you came after me. And I tried, I tried to protect my property. And I am not going to take it. And I have to use the resources that I have, the wherewithal that I have, the, the ability that I have, the knowledge that I have, to make this right. I am not walking away from it. Maybe I'm being a coward by doing what I'm doing. Because without a doubt, I'm doing what you have done. I'm, I'm lying. I'm conspiring. I'm keeping things secret. So he gave me the winter off. He says, Marv, you're not going to get it done. Go take off this winter. Go play. But next spring, after the hill climb, you've got to do this. You've got to get this done. And that was my, that was what I was. That was my goal, so to speak, was take the winter off, relax. You know, maybe something would come up to change my mind, that I wouldn't do that, that I would completely dismantle the MK tank. Didn't happen, folks. Didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? It, it, you had a whole winter to have something happen good to Marv Emeyer. It didn't happen. So here I am, back there doing what I have to do. I'm building the MK tank. And like I said earlier, maybe I'm repeating myself here, but God may be giving me a, a wide open path in building this to come up dead up against a brick wall. If I'm dead 30 seconds after I get out of that building, if I'm dead, 
through an accident or a piece of steel that I lift up on the dozer yet drops down, something malfunctions, injures me, puts me in the hospital, kills me, whatever. That's, I'll accept that. But you're going to know what my intentions were. Because basically my deadline, I, I've had deadlines and I, I, I've had to postpone them. You know, first it was supposed to be the spring of 2003 that this would happen. Then that, that got put off a month and then things, I just didn't get things done. It got put off until the fall and now it's been put off till the spring. Well, you're going to know how intent I was on teaching you people that what you're doing is wrong. There's going to be other things that you're going to realize, that you're going to understand, hopefully. And maybe that's all that needs to be done to stop you from the greed you have, the hate you have, the anger and malice towards to outsiders. It's not good, folks. I don't think that just knowing what I'm doing is enough. I think God will bless me to get the machine done, to drive it, to do the stuff that I have to do up to a point, and then the machine will do one of two or three times. You're either going to blow me right off the fucking streets, I'm going to have a heart attack and die, because I'm all pumped up. The machine's going to break. Or maybe, maybe it'll go all day and I'll run out of fuel. I don't know. I got a lot of fuel in that thing, let me tell you. So, I'm trying to be as prepared as I can be to do what I believe needs to be done. What God has inspired me to do. And we'll see once where it goes. You know? Because it definitely is in God's hands. It is not in my hands. Without a doubt, I'm building it. But there's a reason why I am successful at continuing this project. Maybe it's just for me. Maybe I will get caught. And maybe I'll see how foolish it was. But if I don't, I know I'm going to be dead. <laughs> There's no doubt about that in my mind. I am the co-captain of my life. God is first, I am second. Okay? This is where he's taken me. This is where you have tried to control my life. You have tried to be the captain of my life. You do not run my life. You did not determine my income. You did not determine what I desire, what I want, what I deserve. I determine that, and my God determines that. Not you people. No people do that. If they do, then you're a slave to them. I am not a slave to man. I am a slave to God. And I am a slave to what God tells me I should have. And that's why we are where we are. Let's stop here. But it seems like this has to happen again and again and again in human nature. That, that we kill each other. So that the next generation looks at things differently. Who, 
where they, where they will open their mind and be open to other people's ideas. It's it's a it's a cycle. As best I can see it, God is saying that the cycle is time to happen again. Hopefully it lasts longer. Maybe it won't last as long. I don't know. You people didn't have to teach me anything. All the crap that you did to me has been done to me before on a much smaller scale. I know I shouldn't have given you the benefit of the doubt. I should have learned that people are ultimately corrupt. I didn't, I guess. I, I'm going to have to die with it. Because I'm telling you, I will not live with it. Thompson, Ron Thompson, Larry Thompson, um, Randy uh, Schmuck, um, Bud Wilson, and I'm not sure who was all involved, but they stuck their dirty, stinking fingers in my business, and they did it with malice, and uh, and they they shouldn't have. And malice begets begets malice. Had they had they stayed out of my business in '92, uh, you know, I would have gotten my uh, rental units put up probably in '93 instead of '94, which was only a boathouse at the time, but could have easily been converted to rentals. You know, it's they just they just. Uh, they just ruined a, a good man's life, a lot of people's lives. But that's their style. That's what works for them. That's the only way they can stay on top. They can't play on a level level playing field. You know, they gotta they gotta try to keep people down. And that's okay. You know, hopefully they'll they'll learn from their mistakes. Some half of them are dead. Dick Thompson, Ron Thompson, the Dochef girl. The D and J's uh, son north of me, and I don't know how many else were involved. They're probably dead too. They deserve it. They they they, they went too peaceful, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, this tape's probably got a lot of emotion in it, and uh, anybody listening to it, you know, you need to uh, realize that and just uh, take it from there, you know. Anyway. Hey, I hope you all have a great time, a good life. I've had a great life. And uh, it's Saturday morning, uh, 22nd of May, 2004. And I'm going to put this tape and tape recorder in a plastic bag. Somebody else can try to figure it out. We'll see you later.